when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. All righty. Well, as you heard in the last podcast, we are going to be exploring some limiting beliefs that you hold as a trial attorney or that you may hold as a trial attorney uh, so that you can release your fear. You too are a hostage but you are a hostage of fear where jurors are literal hostages, meaning they cannot leave if they don't want to. You're a hostage to fear. And to conquer that fear means looking at some of the things that are getting in your way and finding ways to think about it differently. So in today's podcast, what I want to talk about is the limiting belief that I find nearly every single attorney has. And that is, there is a right way to do this. Now, let me just be really clear about what I mean by that. So not a day goes by that I don't get a email, I'm sure you do too, from this particular group, I'm not going to name who it is, saying that they have gotten, you know, their clients have gotten three bazillion dollars in verdicts by using their method. It's, it's, odd that two things to me that one, they don't advertise when their clients lose. That's odd. And two, how they can tie the win to their method and not to the trial attorney. Regardless, that is a perfect example of what I'm talking about in terms of quote unquote, there's a right way to do this. I can't tell you how many times I've had trial attorneys come through the studios here in Portland that I teach and they are either trying the Nick Rowley method or they're trying the reptile method or they're trying the Keith Mitnick method or whatever the method is. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with learning new methods. That's not what we're talking about today. There's a lot of great stuff out there, most of it written to help you. And so I don't want in any way to give the impression that I somehow think there's something wrong with these methods or wrong with the people teaching the methods. That's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is the belief that many trial attorneys hold that if you could just find the right technique, the right formula, then suddenly all of this will make sense. And so what that belief does and why it's so dangerous is it causes you to fly from CLE to CLE, buying book after book, hiring consultant after consultant on search or in search of the formula that will finally make this easier. Look, I would love to give you a formula that would make all of this easy, but it doesn't exist. That's what we have to keep in mind is that there is no formula. 
If you are simply attending CLEs and reading books and hiring consultants because you want to learn, that's one thing, but that's not the energy that I see behind a lot of this. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a client meeting with someone and they refuse to change something in their opening or their voir dire because such and such famous lawyer or trial consultant said, never, ever deviate from the script. That's the kind of thinking that gets you in trouble. Because here's the thing, when you buy into a formula, what you're really doing is working your instincts out of you. And trial work is all about instincts. And let me ask you this, where do we feel instincts? We feel instincts in the body. It's not a brain thing. Instincts are a body thing. Yes, they send messages to the brain, whether we want to take action on those instincts. But most of you view your body as a way to just carry your head around, right? I mean, you're not tuned in to your body wisdom. You're so in your head about what so-and-so famous so-and-so says that you're not present and in the moment where is where you have the most power. Listen, trial work is hard and formulas are easy. They promise an easy fix. But here's the problem. I mean, when you have a formula, well, I guess this isn't the problem. This is, I think, why people buy into formulas is that you look at that and when you fail, then you can blame the formula. You can say, oh, well, I guess I wasn't using the right technique and that's why I lost the case. Instead of doing the hard work of looking at yourself. Here's what I see is missing in trial. What, what do I want to call this? In, in, in upping your game at trial, let's put it that way, creating a, a toolkit, a craft, a, you know, working on your craft. Here's what I see is missing. Mastery, period. No one that I've seen I wouldn't say no one, but most of what I've seen, the culture out there in trial world is flip from one thing to another, the, the newest thing, the most popular thing, the, the one that's sending the most emails and try that for a few weeks, a few months, and then drop it. I mean, I see the same thing over and over again with our studios. People come in and they heard that I'm a nonverbal communication expert. So they'll come spend four days with me and then I'll never freaking see them again. Now I will say my clients are pretty amazing. That doesn't happen that often, but it, it, it happens enough for me to say that that is no way to master anything, much less nonverbal communication, which requires not that you just come and cognitively quote unquote, get it. I don't even think that's possible, but that you practice because we've all been communicating nonverbally our entire lives. And therefore we have this imprint of how we communicate quote unquote. And it takes work and practice to first tune into what we're doing in the first place and then change it. And that means doing it over and over again. In fact, one of the reasons why we've started the Amplify Project, which will be opening later in the spring, is to give both past, current, and future clients a place where they can go and practice. There's going to be videos in there that you can click on and go, how does Sorry teach that skill again? You can watch me do it and then you can practice in the privacy of your home or bathroom or office, wherever you are, that you can upload videos to the private Facebook group and get feedback from other trial attorneys, that you can actually master a skill once and for all instead of 
carrying around this limiting belief that there is one right way to do this. And if you could only just find it, that that would make everything easier. To be good, to be an excellent trial attorney takes three things. You need to be aware, you need to be adaptable, and you need to be authentic. And guess what? <laughs> Those are the three ingredients for nonverbal intelligence. When we're talking about this in terms of trial, awareness is all about being in the present moment, right? Noticing what you're doing, how the jurors are responding, what's happening with the witnesses. And then once you're aware, adapting to what's happening so that you're not following a script, which is what a formula normally gives you. You're constantly adapting in the moment to your surroundings so that you're as powerful as possible in the courtroom. But you're all doing that while remaining authentic. And that's really the key here is that you show up as your real self. Same thing goes for nonverbal communication and nonverbal intelligence is that the first level is being aware of what you're communicating nonverbally. Most of us have no idea what we're communicating nonverbally unless you've ever watched videotape. And most of you watch video maybe once and then never do it again because it's so horrifying, which I get. It's just a shock to see yourself on video. But if you want to get really, really good at this, and people always ask me, how do I get as good as you are? And I don't even know that I'm as good as I want to be, but I'm just, I practiced. And the first thing I say is build your awareness, videotape everything you possibly can videotape so that you begin to know yourself intimately non-verbally. Because if you don't know what you're already doing, then you're not going to be able to change it. Once you're aware of yourself, then you start learning to how to watch others and not with the, the stupid body language stuff that's out there that says, you know, this means this person's lying and this means this person's not for you and this means this person is for you. I don't teach any of that shit. What I'm talking about is how to read if what you're doing is working. And that is the first level. Once you know how to do that, then you can increase your awareness of how the people are interacting with each other, like on a jury panel. And I teach that in my classes. That's really all around the awareness level. The second level is the adaptability level. Once you're noticing what's happening around you, then you have all these tools that you can adapt so that you can use whatever is appropriate in the moment. And then again, authenticity is all about remaining true to yourself as you uh, adapt to your circumstances. Now, here's the thing to remember is that awareness, adaptability, authenticity, no formula can teach you those things. Those things take personal work. They take working with a coach and primarily they take practice. That's what formulas are missing is that this isn't something that you can just pick up once and for all and then work it in. You've got to actually commit to mastering these techniques. Listen, I implore you to put down the technique and back away slowly. Stop looking at these techniques as your be-all, end-all. They are all helpful to various degrees. That is, again, not what I am saying. But when you cling to them so tightly as the answer, you're missing what the real answer is. And the real answer is you. I mean, it's so scary to let go of the idea that there's a formula out there that will help you master this whole thing. Because then you have to realize once you let go of that idea that your success begins and ends with you, period. And that's hard. That's hard to accept. I mean, 
let's go back to the Wadir example. Wadir, and I just finished writing four chapters on this a couple weeks ago in, in my upcoming book, From Hostage to Hero. But Wadir is one of those things that I find so many trial attorneys dread. And that really used to surprise me when I first started because I thought, God, that's the easy part. You're just talking to the people. But what I realized is that the reason that attorneys dreaded Wadir is because it's so unscripted, right? I mean, you can prepare your side of the conversation, but you have no way of knowing what the jurors are going to say. And that's frightening for a lot of people. And so there have been a lot of attempts uh, at how to fix this, a lot of formulas that have come out. You know, one such formula is to give you scripts, to have you memorize certain things that you need to say and in a variety of situations. And, you know, that's one way to, to approach this. It's not the way that I would approach it, though. Because here's the thing about Wadir. If you want to get really, really good at Wadir, you got to get really, really good at one thing and one thing only. That is listening. I'm going to do a whole podcast on listening. We're going to talk about the three different types of listening, listening to yourself, listening to the jurors or whoever else you're communicating with, and listening to the intuition, the space, what's happening, what's not being said. But when you are in voir dire and you are intensely listening to all three of those things, you will find that you can play with whatever the jurors give you, right? But that particular skill takes practice. The minute you have a formula or a script that takes you out of the moment, I can't tell you how many times I've worked with trial attorneys and they are in front of a jury and the juror says something, an answer to their question, and it's just pure gold. And the attorney just goes right past and doesn't even hear it. Why? Because they're on some kind of mission to cover what they have on their end of the conversation, their script. Look, I'm not saying don't prepare for voir dire. If you come out to our voir dire studios, you know that I'm constantly, we're talking a lot about preparation. We spent all Thursday afternoon learning my voir dire method and preparing, but that should just function as a roadmap. Look, if you're on a, on a road going somewhere, it's the stops along the way that make the, the journey interesting. It's not just point A to point B. Those things that you prepare ahead of time are there to help you traverse the land, to know what it is that you're going to be talking about, but they shouldn't be used as a be-all, end-all, ironclad script because, again, that takes you out of the moment. What's that saying? You know, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. I think that's the problem with formulas is once you buy into a formula, then you close off all of the other possibilities available to you, several of which may be the perfect thing you need to do in trial. But because you're ensconced in this, so-and-so says this is the only way to do this, then you're in trouble. That's why I want you to start to move away from formulas and start to embrace the idea that these things are only tools. And that is how you should, and I don't use that word very often, accept or use these tools. Look at them as tools. Sometimes you'll need a hammer. Sometimes you'll need a screwdriver. Other times you'll need a power saw, a power saw. So as you go to the CLEs, as you read the books, as you work with consultants, you learn all of them thoroughly. And you may even try all of them in trial at some point, because that's probably one of the ways that you want to see if they work. And then after you try them on, you either accept 
or reject them based on whether they work for you. Or you keep them in your back pocket for when they work for you. Because all of these things need to be authentic to you. You know, our next uh, episode is going to be on the second limiting belief, which is y'all believe you have to be like the greats to win at trial. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about authenticity there. But I want to caution you that as you're looking at new skills and techniques, they do need to be authentic to you. But being uncomfortable is not the same thing as being inauthentic. I mean, it's, it's going to take trying new things to really see whether they fit you and your personality. So don't necessarily throw away something just because it doesn't fit right away. You may need to play with it. You may need to adapt it. You may need to um, shape it, work with it. Contrary to a lot of the uh, advice that you're getting from the people who've created the techniques, never deviate. I'm saying deviate. Deviate the hell out of it. Go and try it on and make it work for you. Meaning don't let authenticity be what stops you from trying new things, but don't also replace your instincts and who you are as an attorney, which is your biggest strength with formulas and scripts, because that my friends is where the real tragedy is, is when you give up being you and trusting yourself because someone else has the audacity to tell you that they know better. Look, those of us who are in this work and really truly want to help you, and there are many of us, know that if you reject parts or all of what we're suggesting, that it's not personal. It's because you're finding your way. Anyone who tells you anything differently is not there to help you. They are not there to serve you. Because I will stand on until I die, my dying day, and 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 rally for you and your instincts being your number one thing at trial. Your uniqueness and your instincts are not anything you should ever give up for any formula at any time. And I absolutely mean that. I include my own quote unquote method. So hopefully you've learned a lot in today's podcast about formulas and how they can be dangerous. Go out there, learn great new stuff, but make it yours. Don't buy into the idea that there's a right way to do this because you know what? There isn't. It takes all kinds, all kinds of methods, all kinds of lawyers. All right. If you want to learn more, uh, go to sorrydlm.com. There's a bunch of stuff you can sign up for there. If you want to get on the wait list for the Amplify project when that opens, again, that's a place that we are creating so you can master the nonverbal skills and the content skills. We'll have a special place in the Amplify project just for attorneys. That's amplify-project.com. That doesn't make you um, have to sign up for anything. It just puts you on the wait list so you'll know when the project opens and you'll get some free stuff in the meantime. Uh, at sorrydlm.com, you can sign up for a strategy session for me with me if you want to talk about your case. You can buy some materials that show you how to do voir dire and opening. If you don't want to talk with me, you just want to learn more about my method, you can also do that under the trial consulting tab. And if you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. We also have another podcast, Soundcheck, which is a little bit more on the nonverbal skills side or, or speaking skills side. And finally, we have our Tap Into uh, Your Power, the Amplify Project podcast. So three podcasts you can subscribe to right in iTunes. If you haven't joined our From Hostage to Hero Facebook group for trial attorneys, you can do that by searching From Hostage to Hero in Facebook and answer three questions to be led in that group. You need to be a civil plaintiff attorney or criminal defense. I'm in there live every week taking questions along with other lots of other kinds of goodies. Make sure you join. Well, until next time, 
I invite you to find your voice and amplify it. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sorry's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today. And until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.